The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, Missy... And the auto crickets. And the auto crickets, yes. We are not actually coming to you from outside on a... Uh, no, it's been raining for days. I know, right? So we're inside the studio, the uh, NRA News Cam and Company studio. And we are glad that you're with us here on a, another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. We uh, don't have a lot of updates because, yeah, it's been raining. It's been kind of hard to do stuff. You did get out and you weeded on a sun- little bit. Yeah, um, on Sunday in between thunderstorms. Yay! We're happy, by the way, that you uh, that you weeded. Oh, okay. You hey. get a round of applause for that. Thank you. I went out to because uh, we do have we started beets in the ground because you mm-hmm. got to start beets in the ground, and we do have rows of beets coming up, little tiny beet greens. But we also have lots of weeds coming right with them. We don't like the no. We don't no, like that. and that's kind of like you got to get down on your hands and knees and kind of do it by hand. So it was out with me with my. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I've now run gonna, through the instant audience. Okay, here. you can put that down. That was that was that was, that was a very uh, well that's done. What she said. That's very there. timed. Um. Anyway, now you made me lose my page. Okay. So I got out there with my, uh, what is it? The, the Japanese weeding. The hori hori knife. No, not the hori hori knife. The hori hori knife is just a knife. This one is the one that looks like a little mini sickle. Oh yeah. When it's because I got you a left-handed version. Yes. Anyway, I got out there and it was carefully pulling out weeds until I my got my I had the wrong kind of gloves on. And you were gummy and, and I muddy was and totally <laughs> covered with mud. My clothes were covered with mud and I was like I had my headphones on, I'm just singing away to whatever was going and then I was just like Oh, look, it's raining again. So I got a pass from finishing. But I got I got I got a big surprise. Um, I posted pictures on Facebook on our Corny Goat Farm Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so last year, last year, I bought horseradish roots, and I put them in the very bottom of the refrigerator, wrapped up in paper towels in a plastic bag, and proceeded to completely forget about them <laughs> with getting sick and not going to the garden last year. And I found them, and I had an old crap moment, and I was like, well, I bought them. Let's see if they work. And so right after we had gotten some of the garden done, I cleared a space, and I made just – I just put in these five – they're like they look like um, asparagus. Now, yeah, look like like 
shaved asparagus. Okay. They just look like long sticks. Okay. And it's the tuber. So it's like, so you plant this in the, you put the stick in the ground mm-hmm. at like a 45 degree angle. And I thought, okay, well, let's see what happens. And I put five of them in and I have four plants coming up. Wow. So, yeah, it's going to take a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put a little, I don't know what, maybe a little brick fence around this area. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited because we're also growing beets. And when I was a kid growing up, I didn't realize horseradish sauce was white because my grandfather and my great uncle made this horseradish sauce out of beets and horseradish grated together. And it was potent stuff but it was bright magenta so i didn't know horseradish was white i was really surprised when the when i got older and i was like that's not a horseradish sauce <laughs> um but i'm gonna now totally i'm thinking about that. if arby's ever served a magenta horsey sauce what would that what would that be like? well the stuff that my grandfather like my great Starbucks uncle made unicorn frappuccino or whatever um no the stuff that my grandfather and my great uncle made is just beets and horseradish ground together and then processed okay and so that's how we would eat it though you'd eat scoops of it with kielbasa and we i think we'd eat a whole jar on easter wow uh but it was like this kind of stuff that you took and your whole it's like it's like wasabi yeah it was just like wasabi and they used the beets to cut the pungency of the horseradish (laughs) so there you go but that's what i want to plan to make i think my i'm I can if my aunts and uncles would listen, listen to our podcast. I bet I can hear them going, "Yay!" Because they were pretty jazzed when I made them kabasi. Well, good. Well, you got a couple of years to wait, aunts yep. and uncles. Yes, but, uh, but we've got our little patch of that, and we've got yeah. the beets coming up, and the plants are doing well in the house. Yeah, plants are doing well in the house. We haven't. Uh, I was hoping that April fifteenth or so we would be able to get the tomatoes outside, but uh, they're still, I don't think, big enough to do that yet. Some of them are, but a lot of them are not. Yeah. So, so. hopefully, uh, uh, by the way, we will be skipping next week's podcast because I'm heading to Atlanta, Georgia, for the NRA annual meeting. Uh, this coming weekend, and we'll we'll try to do something. Maybe it, it, it might not be a Monday; it might be a Tuesday or Wednesday before we get the chance to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe we won't skip a week, but it'll it'll be a little delayed next week because of my uh, travel schedule. So I'm hopeful that the second weekend in May, I guess maybe the first weekend in May, uh, we can actually get into the garden and start putting more stuff down. I hope so. We got to finish getting all the tilling done too yeah i know but we've got the good news is is we got a lot of the big stuff broken down and we can just go over that with the rototiller yes and if i were at home this weekend (laughs) then i could get out there with the shovel and do more but uh, you Um, know we do have a strapping young man for a son who wants his own car exactly who needs to be doing some serious physical labor if he wants even gas money too right yeah, I know. Yeah, I might have him out, go out and help me do some digging because it'll be a good weekend for it. It's going to be hot. So speaking and- of that, I, I actually ran across a cool story that I was talking about in Cam and Company this week, but uh, it's kind of applicable here. Oh? Yeah, there's a high school in Kansas that is doing this uh, elective course. It's a semester-long elective course. And one of the things that they're doing – is they're teaching kids, uh, they're going to a range and they're doing basic gun safety, basic gun handling, which is, I thought, pretty cool. But the other thing that they're doing, um, they're teaching kids how to change tires. They're teaching kids how to write resumes. It's like practical stuff, like here's how to do stuff. How to write a check. Right? That'd be a good class. I thought that was awesome. And, and we, so we were talking about this, and I was talking about the fact that our 16-year-old, I don't think, has changed a tire. No, and yet. he doesn't. 
he doesn't get a well when we when he does get a car we're going through the whole top to bottom drill and how to check and do stuff because check yeah, your oil check your oil check your tires do this do that check for phrase check for you know how to how to jump start your car if something mm-hmm. happens because you've left the the radio going or something like that yes we have to do all that with him because i made the other two do it yes. i made them change take a tire off and put it back on so they know how to change a tire and how to get underneath the hood and the problem is is my car your car it tells you when there's a problem right so thankfully we'll be getting him an older car that won't be able to talk to him so much. <laughs> yes. Although it does have to be noted that even with our education with our older kids, it didn't always stick because we did have – and I'm not going to say which kid it was. I'm not going to say what vehicle it was. But we did have a child decide that oil changes were optional. And Right? Remember no, that? I thought that was me in my minivan. Thanks well, that was kind of you. We also had a kid – do that with a uh, I'll give you the vehicle it was a Camry uh, that had never had an oil change it wasn't ever. The, no it was well it was that and the fact that the whole <laughs> bottom of that car rusted out through no because he didn't pay any attention to that either but the whole bottom of it was rusted <laughs> out so yes but I distinctly remember the oil changes you're right I wasn't bringing up the minivan I wasn't uh, I wasn't bringing up that I wasn't going there and I don't have to go there right now because we got to take a time out yep I'm going to try to save myself here. You stick around, and we'll be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So uh, despite the fact that it's like 50 degrees and rainy right now, uh, we've had days that were close to 90 degrees. We'll have days coming up that'll be over 90 degrees in uh, late April. So who knows what the summer holds. But uh, but the as Thin Lizzy, to paraphrase Thin Lizzy, the bugs are back in town. The bugs can't sing it. Are back, back in, in town. town. I picked a tick <laughs> off my neck yesterday, and I still feel like I'm itchy. You know, when you get that one yes. bug on you, or you yes. get ants on your hand, and all of a sudden you feel like you got ants everywhere. But I do have a big bug bite on my neck that's driving me nuts. I know you got you got one on your neck. You've got two on your back. Like I have two on my thigh. Oh, do you really? I swear, yeah, that's why I'm like I'm like I, I checked you out. I, I mean, know you like, did. I don't know whether it got all over me and then I found it. And then I'm a, I now I'm breaking out and bites every which way or something else is on me now. We seem to take turns. Like one summer, you know, I'll be the favorite yeah. target and then the next summer you'll be the favorite target. I found one tick crawling up my leg, uh, but I don't think it had bitten me yet. And oh. so I was able to, to get it and, uh, well, and squish lucky. it. I know. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I was spooning with you last night. Man, that makes me – now I'm all itchy. Maybe you gave me the ticks. No, I didn't <laughs> give you the tick. That's why you're not allowed to sit on the bed in street clothes. <laughs> you got the – I'll tell you what. It's probably cuddling with that big fluffy tick factory yes, bullet. Yes, I'm sure. But they take that tick stuff. Yeah, we were talking about that at dinner. Why don't they have that tick stuff for humans? Why can't you take a monthly pill and swallow it and then bugs don't go on you? 
Right. Because then you wouldn't get lice. I mean, why isn't there something for people that there's we can give our dog the thing for heartworms and ticks and fleas, but we don't have anything for people. I'll, I'll, get, I'll go one better. Right. We have we have such a problem with opioids in this country that now you see ads for opioid related constipation so if there's a if you're taking a, an opioid pill for your pain now you can take another pill for your pooping why do we have a pill for your opioid based constipation and we don't have a pill that you can take and you go camping or you work outside and you don't have to worry about ticks jumping on you and lyme disease and things like that right yeah, right especially yeah. with lyme disease you would think it would be and that other weird allergy that you can also get oh, the if it Lone Star. The Lone Star tick is that that one that gives you the meat allergy? Yes. Because I would just go ahead and throw myself off a hybrid <laughs> state park thing if I got to be allergic to steak, because that would just be the end of the world as I know it. We would help you cope with that somehow. I would just no, take would tons not. of Benadryl <laughs> and just, deal and with just it. eat it. I don't care. <laughs> Give me that steak. Where's my EpiPen? Drink. <laughs> yeah. So if we've got any, you know, uh, 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 biomedical researchers out there. Yeah. Come up with I want to know. I know. I, I just want to know. Why do we have, I guess the answer is that we have more people suffering from opioid-related constipation than we do tick bites, but I don't I don't know that that's the case. I don't know. It still shouldn't be. I mean, I'm sure there's people who don't want to get bit by them, and they're not going to say it anyway. So there's like, right. well, there's all, you know, we'll talk about flea bites because we have a farm <laughs> and animals and pigs and goats and everything that carries flea, fleas and ticks. We're like, whatever. It's a thing. Well, we got introduced to, uh, to, to bug bites on farms oh, very early on man. into the process before we even owned our own place. In that fact, the very first, first farm we looked at. farm in North Carolina where we came home with chiggers. Yep. I was like, what special hell is going on with my legs? It was the worst thing ever because they eat your flesh and they just sit there and nibble on you constantly. Yes. And you can't. You, we, we, yours was on your legs. That's where you had yours. We had to paint it on the paint on nail polish. Yep. Mine, because I, I, we figured out where it was. We were walking through a barn that was filled with hay bales and we were up on the second story. And I think as we were, we had to kind of like scoot past some hay bales. Oh yeah, I remember that. Right, that's where that's where we got the chiggers right there. So I got you got yours on the leg. I got mine right on my waistline. Oh yeah, because they go where they can get into your clothes. Right, and so driving home like four hours from uh, North North Carolina, Carolina. and we get about two hours out, and all of a sudden it's like, man, we're kind of itching. Oh, I know what it was. We stopped for dinner. And we were at dinner, and we got out of dinner, and we were like, oh, itchy, I'm a little itchy, itchy, itchy. And by the time we got home, we were like, ah! <laughs> I know. It was horrible. And we couldn't figure out what it was because we had never experienced chiggers. Right. I mean, and then uh, and there was another time, I think it was my 40th birthday, I took an unexpected road trip. Remember that? Oh, yeah. You wanted to go to see Jesse Stewart's farm. Farm. He's Kentucky. like one of your favorite author dudes. And yeah. Yeah. And- so I, I, I left I left the house. This is how cool Missy is. I left the house and it was my birthday. And I said, I'm going to go up to Schuyler, Virginia, to the Walton Family Museum. Not that I ever watched the Waltons as a kid. I but did. I But I had never been to the Walton Mountain Museum. This is where... The guy who wrote the book about the Waltons lived and grew up. And so they've turned the old high school into a museum about Ah, the TV show. I love that show. So I get there and it's, and I'm there and the, you know, it's whatever. It is what it is. It's amazing how many people from all around the country are still coming to the Walton Mountain Museum, though. Like the guest book was crazy. People from crazy faraway places. And every summer they actually have like a Walton family reunion. Well, yeah, I just talked to some. Oh, the, it was a few weeks ago. It was uh, uh, somebody like a in ago. town, the, and, um, and she was telling me that this coming weekend was going to be the that. Yeah, and I was like, 
how do you even know this? Right. Like, it's a cool little town. You should, uh, if you're ever in the area near Charlottesville, check it out. But anyway, so I'm there, and I and I got this wild hair. I was like, you know, I'd be kind of on the fence. I was like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Kentucky. <laughs> I hadn't packed a bag or anything. Call Missy. Hey, I'm gonna go to Kentucky after all. I think I'm just going to turn around and, and come back tonight. It'll just be a quick trip. I just want to see this place. I don't know when I'll ever get out there. I'm just going to go. And you said, okay. Okay. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Whatever. <laughs> so I, I drove out, I think it was like five hours or so to, uh, to Kentucky. And uh, you get to the farm and, and uh, Jesse Stewart's farm. It's on a, uh, a little spot of land called W Hollow. And it's a state park now. Uh, some of the land that, that he owned. And so it's late afternoon. I walk up the trail, uh, up this ridge to uh, a cabin where he used to write, and it's a pretty decent trail, but there's stuff, you know, you kind of kind of walk through the high grass to get to the cabin mm-hmm. itself, and apparently that's where I ran into Chiggers, because mm-hmm. on the way home, it was a five-hour drive back, too, right. right? And I got to the West Virginia state line, and... My crotch is just on fire. I mean, I just, I'm dying. Oh, it no. hurt and itched so bad. And I had to call you and say, I can't. <laughs> I, I, I can't go anymore. I'm sorry. I, I thought I could make it home tonight, but I have chiggers. And I think you said something like, stay away. <laughs> Probably. Just stay away. Just, I'd stay there. I don't Douse want to. Douse yourself yeah. in the. With whatever. Uh, right. <laughs> don't get anywhere near me. <laughs> And that's the last time I got chiggers. Yeah, and, so, and I'm 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 chigger happy right now, yeah, I guess, right? Or, or yeah. I need a chigger, chigger warning. We don't uh I haven't had chiggers since then. I don't want to ever have to have chiggers. <coughs> that was like one of those worst things ever. Tick, yeah. Tick bites are bad enough. Tick bites are bad just because they last for so long. They They're like do. mosquito bite will, will go away in like, you know, two or three days. Tick bites last for weeks. I know. It's like they it's I don't even know what it is. It's that whatever they it inject into you while they're sucking your blood out to keep it from coagulating. And right. It all this is forward. like the most disgusting segment I think we've done in 105 episodes. Let's talk about something else gross. Let's, no, uh, let's go ahead and take a time out. <laughs> we'll call this the itchy and scratchy segment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Stick around. We have more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the Chris Salcedo Show. Reports say that illegal border crossings down 90% since Donald Trump became president. And do you remember the nonsensical court ruling that said that the American taxpayer must pay for the education of the illegal aliens? One man wants to reverse it, and it needs to change. How many of you think it's fair that you're on the hook to pay for every person in the world's education just so long as they can get here? The Chris Salcedo Show. Weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards continues on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, no more bug talk, I promise. Have you been uh, reading any good books this week? Oh, uh, actually, you did read a good book this week. At I, least one I know of. I read two on Saturday. I read Jim Gaffigan's second book, Food, A Love Story. Uh, it was all over the place, but it was funny. Yeah. It, there was something that made me just laugh out loud. You heard me yes. giggling. Um, but the it, I, I'm still trying to figure out. He kind of had it organized, but it didn't. It was kind of didn't make much sense. 
Uh-huh. But it was, like I said, it was a funny book. I think it was almost like a collection of his stand-up stuff. You and know, then just, just kind of like, yeah, okay. edited together. I, then, like, I like Jim Gaffigan. I think he, Jim Gaffigan is one of the, I, I think one of the best comedians out there today. Because he doesn't have to rely on, like, outrage or, or shock as his shtick. Or curse words. Well, that's, I, I would throw that in with the shock. Oh, okay. Of, of just. He doesn't work blue. No. Occasionally he'll let loose something, but but it's it's yeah. not like every other word or no. anything like that. His hot pockets thing cracked me up. Hot pockets. <laughs> it was just the way he kept talking about it. He could not not eat. And now after I read read the book, I'm like that man will eat anything, right? Pretty much, yeah. Except for like oh the way he described oysters. I was like really dude. Oh, because you like your oysters. I love raw oysters. He's got that all wrong. Well, uh, you should th- you should issue a challenge to Jim Gaffigan to, yeah. uh, to to come down to the farm and uh, and and you could serve up oysters that he would actually like. No, I don't think he not the way he wrote about him. No. He'd, plus, this is a man. Well, then you could. Okay, pockets. so you you know what you could do is you could you could issue the challenge of okay, Jim Gaffigan, you come down here, you eat six oysters with me, and then I'll give you the best bacon on earth. Yeah, yeah, right. He'd probably like that. Like that'd be worth a, a good trade. Kind of funny. And then the movie uh, The Lost City of Z uh, is coming out soon, or may have already come out, depending on when you're listening to this. And I remember that I had a copy of The Lost City of Z. Uh, up in our bookshelf, so I took it down with the intent of giving it to you, Missy, to read, and then I... You, you read it first. Yeah, well, I got up in the morning, and and you were still sleeping, and so I started reading it. And, uh, <laughs> That's okay. I read that one, too. So. I already read it before, so I was able to kind of, like, skim through it the second time. Uh-huh. Now I want to go, and I want to watch the the movie just to see how they translate the book into the into a, a you know, something up on the silver screen. Right, because the way they... Because the, it, it's... Not to give it too much away, but the story is about a, an explorer who disappears in 1925, and he was a ridiculously famous explorer. Um, but then it goes back and forth with the present-day reporter during the research on the book, and it goes back and forth. And so I, I think it's kind of hard. Like you showed me that trailer, and to me it looks like they concentrated on the sor- the story about the explorer mm-hmm. and stayed then versus the back and forth to now. But there was that one bit, and then you saw that one piece of book, but they both saw the same book. It was still a really old book. They only saw it 80 years apart versus they both saw a five, five, book from the 1500s. Right. So that was the only thing I thought, well, may, was that the reporter or was that the the explorer? But it was fat. I, I couldn't put the book down and I don't really sh- usually read um, non-fiction. nonfiction. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unless it's like books on writing or uh, food books about food writing, <laughs> I read that kind of nonfiction. Um, but so yeah, I feel it pretty was really good. I've, I've given you two nonfiction books in the past two weeks that you've actually like you read, yeah. you, you enjoyed them. Yeah, you just I like did. okay, I got to read this because Cam's you know giving this to me. You've given me a couple of those books and I tried to start and I haven't. I know. I just like <laughs> there was one that looked like it was going to be promising. It was like alcohol and it was so dry and so freaking boring. I had, I finally I just like okay. I'd tell my Goodreads is I gave up. I just couldn't read this. <laughs> Please. I can't do it again. Take it off my list. Um but yeah. I have a uh, a bourbon book uh, Fred Minnick uh, uh, wrote a book on bourbon, and uh, my friend Zach Waterman with Nosler uh, sent me a copy. Ah, uh, so that's where that came from. Yeah, so that's where that came from. Yeah, so if you are looking for a uh, a good a good book about alcohol, one that's not as dry, uh, that would be a good one for you. I realized, speaking of alcohol, I realized today that uh, you know we name our dogs. We have Bullet, 
which could be bullet, but could also be bullet the bourbon. Because we spell it bullet with an I. Right. Uh, And we have Booker for Booker, right? And I realized that I actually use Booker's whole name because when I say Booker, no. (laughs) The Booker for Booker's bourbon is a guy named Booker No. That's his name. He's he's the master distiller there. N-O-E. N-O-E, yes. And so I realized that we actually have... Booker, Booker has a middle name, and his middle name is No. And there you go. So B- yeah, Booker No Edwards. Yeah, it has a good flow. Yeah, not as not good bad. as Sir Ruffian Tail Feathers. No, and I, I don't want another dog just so I can name another dog. That would be wrong. But uh, our next dog is going to be Basil. I've decided. We should get a Basset Hound. I think we should if get a gonna, Basset I, Hound. That's, for a, Basil. that's a that's totally a Basset Hound name. Yeah, yeah. But we can't get another like small. Low to the ground dog. No more lap dogs. No, no, because our lap dog, the dogs that are not lap dogs are our lap dogs, and the dog that's supposed to be a lap dog is now so fat he can't get up on the couch to be a lap dog. So yeah, we have we have one hundred one hundred twenty five pound lap dogs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. Although I will say this, Booker. Although I have been having to say Booker, no, uh, on occasion. <clears throat> Booker is doing really well. He's he's a night and day difference from when he left. Yes. Um, yeah, that's pretty incredible to he's see. He's doing much better for walking, much <laughs> better on the leash. Um, he will, he sits, he stays, he doesn't stay, but he sits and he gets down. Um, he, he heals and we can go out in the yard and he's doing pretty good. So he still, if he sees something he wants to run after, he will still doesn't think twice about trying to get it. He almost knocked me over on a wet grass trying to go for a squirrel the other day. Yeah. Yeah, he still has his primal urges, but uh, yes, but he did just turn one on uh, the this past weekend, mm-hmm. Earth Day, and his birthday were the same day <laughs> this year. Arf Day, Arf Day, yeah, Arf Day for for, for Booker. <laughs> Happy Arf Day! Did you see in Montana on Earth Day, Donald Trump Jr. went uh, prairie dog hunting with uh, the Republican who's running for the. Uh, uh, House seat in the special election, and uh, the people on the left were, oh, that's such an awful way to commemorate Earth Day. Oh, these prairie dogs are, you know, they're vital to the ecosystem, and oh, yeah, save the prairie dogs. And so it's interesting because the the prairie dog is considered an agricultural pest in Montana. Yes. Uh, its numbers are not threatened. No. Uh, it is not an endangered species. No way. There is no limit. There is no season on prairie dogs. Why? Because there are so flippin' many of them. Uh, and they are such a danger not only to the crops, but you know if a cow uh, can break a leg, absolutely, very yeah. easily break a leg, get in a prairie dog holes. hole. So um, in, they're like nutria down in New Orleans, down in Louisiana, Louisiana. Yeah, they've yeah. got um, horrible problems with nutria. The giant rodent said, "Well, just they and the thing thing they eat through rice fields and stuff." Right. So anyway, Donald Trump Jr. and the Republican candidate go out hunting. And uh, in the Humane Society of the United States, oh, that's awful. And uh, Pete is, oh, my God, it's going to be this. And uh, someone will say, hot pockets. And then uh, – and so so the Associated Press asked the Democrat uh, who's running in Montana, hey, so what do you think about this? And the uh, campaign secretary – 
didn't answer her phone and the emails went unreturned because if you are running for Congress in Montana, you better be okay with hunting prairie dogs. Yeah. And I think even the Democrat knows this. That's why, yeah, he's not answering that question. But the National Democrats have decreed it is not cool to hunt prairie dogs, even if you are running for Congress in Montana. So what do you do? And this is a guy who's already gotten in trouble. He was asked about uh, his views on the Second Amendment, and he did one of those typical, I love the Second Amendment, but... I don't know, he said, why anybody needs to own those automatic assault rifles. Why do you want to hunt deer with these things? I was told you need one bullet, one deer. Mm. He was he was asked about this, and then he his excuse was, I, I, I wasn't talking about, uh, you know, semi-automatic firearms. I said fully automatic firearms. And, you know, they, they've been registered for decades. I mean, like, his response made no sense whatsoever. Oh, okay. He, he spoke stupidly about guns. He spoke even more stupidly to try to get him out of the fact that he right. spoke stupidly the first time. And then when they called about prairie dog hunting, he just decided, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, uh, which is understandable, except that I don't think Montanans are looking for someone who is just going to keep quiet when their traditions and their way of life are under attack by people like the Humane Society of the United States. They want yeah. someone who's going to speak up and speak out in defense of what they're doing. Exactly. And to just give them the statistics and the information rather than sticking his head up his butt. Right. So or in the sand. So yeah. I should have said he should stuck his head in the sand. <laughs> stick his head in a prairie dog hole. <laughs> stick, it in, God, stick it in the prairie dog hole. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. The uh, special election is coming up next month, so keep your eyes on that. We're going to step away for a moment or two, but we do have some emails to get to. The email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. On Facebook, it is facebook.com slash cornygoatfarm. On Instagram, it's at cornygoatfarm. That's Miss E's account. I'm at Cam Edwards, also at Cam Edwards on Twitter. Uh, And I have a question for you. Consider this a a, a listener survey, and we'll be posting this question to our uh, Facebook page as well. Would you be interested in a live simulcast uh, of at least a portion of the recording of this podcast on Facebook Live? Maybe not the entire thing, but the you know, first five or ten minutes uh, on Facebook Live as we are recording this. Would you be interested in that? Would you watch that? Would you Would you tune in? Let us know. Oh, yeah, that's video. That is video. I don't know about that. I don't want to <laughs> watch me on, on Facebook Live. <laughs> We'll see. Okay. I'm a little too looking like Uncle Fester right now. You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. All right. Stick around. We've got more 40 <laughs> Acres and a Fool coming up after this. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, Missy with you for one more segment here on 40 Acres and a Fool. Uh, All right, so we have an email that's not for public reading from someone who shall remain nameless, but uh, who is interested in bartering uh, and is sending us uh, some fruit punch tea. Oh, 
Will we yes. send them back some hot sauce? Yes, we are. Okay. Yes, we are. We got it. So thank you, person who shall remain anonymous. Uh, let's see. Also, hearing from uh, Michael, who says, Dear Cam and Missy, I regret to inform you that my beloved fiance, Lindsay, and I will not be able to see you at the NRA annual meeting next week in Atlanta. The pressures of preparations for our May 20th wedding are too much to be taking a mini vacation that close, especially since I will also be graduating May 13th. All right. Ooh, you got a busy schedule. Yeah, congratulations congr- on all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Congratulations, Michael, on the wedding and the graduation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the real thing. Uh, you get a one-year, okay, you get a one-year excuse for the annual meeting, but we better see you in 2018 in okay. Dallas, Texas. All right, because I know now you'll be married. Uh, and I know that you won't have graduation. So next year, <laughs> clear your calendar. In the meantime, seriously, happy anniversary or happy, happy, happy first yeah, anniversary, no, I guess. Happy wedding day. Congratulations yes. day. Congratulations day. Best wishes on your impending nuptials. That's good. Thank you. That's good. Yes. I could hallmark that. <laughs> <laughs> See, anytime we start talking about wedding vows, my mouth goes blah, 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 blah. Just you, like the day we got just married. Like the, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Michael says, I've attached a picture of my one patio hop plant to emerge from these soils so far. Uh, this is the third year this plant has been going, so while it won't grow much past 8 to 10 feet in that pot, as opposed to the potential 16 to 20 feet in optimal settings, it should produce pounds of delicious cones. We're still a few months away, but it's extremely exciting to know that this fall I'll be able to make a delicious wet hop beer, which is a style of beer made with hops harvested within 72 hours entirely from my own Homegrown hops. Oh, neat. See that? Yeah. There's the uh, the hops. That's cool. That is really cool. Because, yeah, hops are – when I've made beer with them, they've been dried. Yeah. So you make it – so that's with like – it's like fresh – it's even fresher beer because it's made with, with fresh hops. Yep. I guess that's the wet part. That's really neat. That is really cool. Michael says, uh, our wedding next month is going to be an outdoor – oh, he says, I've also attached a photo of Lindsay and I with our two pups from Christmas – uh, cooperating with the Santa and the cameraman not at the top of their list that evening. That's a great picture, though. Uh, <laughs> yes. And you can definitely tell. they Like, yeah, whatever. Get me away from the guy in the uh, the red suit. <laughs> yeah, we mm. had kids like that. <laughs> Michael says, uh, our wedding next month is going to be an outdoor farm affair as well. My employer, a large craft brewery here in western North Carolina, owns a former dairy farm that is now a camping, mountain bike, beer festival ranch that occasionally also hosts weddings. Nice. We'll be getting married in the shadow of an Appalachian waterfall with our reception in the old barn. It's a beautiful life being able to take in the wonder of our Blue Ridge Mountains and rolling green grazing hills on our special day. Michael says we were very happy to hear the results of Missy's post-treatment scans and is back to a full schedule. Hope you're not missing your pup too much while he's off at puppy boot camp. <laughs> oh, no. We're, he's back, and, uh, and Michael, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, thank you very much. Again, congratulations. I uh, wish you and Lindsay the very best. And, you know, I, I think if you get married in a beautiful spot out of doors, I just think, I th- I think it helps create a long, happy marriage. At least uh, <laughs> it worked for us. It worked for us. <laughs> so congratulations, Michael. And remember, no excuses next year, buddy. All right. <laughs> now, Leanne writing in and says, uh, better late than never, says, I feel like I really need to introduce myself as I hope to meet you, Cam, in Atlanta for the NRA convention. So, Lee, thank you. I'm glad to know that, you know, nothing's getting in the way of, uh, of you in the annual meeting. <laughs> She says, I started listening a year or more ago. I really liked the podcast, and I ended up listening to all the previous podcasts while working in the yard, mowing at the farm, or folding laundry. She says, I was raised in what used to be the country, but it's now fully suburbia. My husband, two kids, and I live on a couple of acres where we have a flock of lane hens in a small area of terraces that I use for gardening. 
We also own about 60 acres of raw land about an hour north of our current domicile. Our 10-year plan is to build a home on the 60 acres and create our own farm. Nice. We'll get there eventually, but in the meantime, going to the property is fun on the weekends. It's a great place to hike with the kids, ages 10 and 7, and invite friends to enjoy some outdoor time. Lynn says, as I grew up, uh, as I said, I grew up in the country. My parents had about six acres, but there were no houses around my parents' home when I was growing up. So I spent hours upon hours playing with my dog in the creek, wandering around the woods, searching for box turtles. It was a very different experience from most of my friends who grew up in neighborhoods. Yeah. I'm still not certain who had the best childhood. There were certain benefits to each. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because growing up, like, I lived right on the edge of Oklahoma City. Like, my backyard had a fence, and when you looked out over the fence, there was nothing. Mm. It was just nothing. That was where the city ended well, when I was a kid. Wow. It went way further when we got back there. It, it okay. did, yeah. When I was about 10, they built an office park behind our house. But but up until then, like, okay. it really just was nothing. And so we had a community pool, but we also had a swimming hole. Like we had an honest-to-God swimming hole off of a creek where we would go swimming. And nice. when we were kids, we much preferred the swimming hole oh, to yeah. the community pool. Um, so I think even as a kid, uh, you know, kind of straddling that 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 those two worlds, I always preferred the the wild uh, to the uh, to the suburbs. I have to say, however, the suburbs are way better for trick or treating. Oh, way better. And for looking at house lights, like for driving yes. around neighborhoods and looking at house lights. <laughs> yes. You'd have to drive a really long time and maybe <laughs> trespass on somebody's driveway before you could see some Christmas lights around here. But. Right. Uh, uh, Leanne says, uh, I think one of my very best parts of my childhood was on my grandparents' farm. They lived about 15 minutes away on 100-plus acres that they purchased around World War II when granddad moved to town to work for the Bell Bomber plant which is now Lockheed Martin in Marietta, Georgia. Mm. My grandparents, Leanne says, were products of the Great Depression, and one of their priorities was to have enough land to support and house their five daughters plus their families should a similar circumstance arise. Oh, wow. When my mother was growing up, they had a true working farm with pigs, chickens, cows, both milk and meat, a mule or two, and a huge garden. By the time I came along, Leanne says, they only had cattle and a couple of horses for the grandkids to enjoy. Sadly, she writes, both of my grandparents passed away, and the family members could not agree on what to do with the land, so the farm was sold in 2016. I haven't had the heart, she says, to drive by to see what's happening to the land, even though I still live in the area. I prefer to remember it as it was instead of leveled with 200-plus houses on it. Yeah, I'd probably I'd be thinking the same thing. Right. There's some part of me that would love to go and see the house that my grandparents used to live at on Lake Boone in, um, uh, what was it? Con- no, not Concord, Massachusetts. It was near that. Um, but it's probably all built up now because it was right around a beautiful lake. Okay. And I don't you know, I don't want to remember it that way. Yeah. I remember it the way I did with barely a gravel, like a gravel road. Right. And you go down the hill and you go swim and buy it, you know, go out in the, the boat. And it was great. I mean, there's, my grandparents had a huge backyard with a giant garden. Um, my grandfather grew his own. He had a, a grape arbor and grew his own grapes and made his own cold duck wine. Oh, wow. Um, and he had me completely convinced that you got e- uh, eggplants by planting purple Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Long time before I figured that yeah, one out. Like, we were like three years into the farm. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Leanne says, I'm glad to hear Missy as she continues to improve and recover from her health ordeal. I know it was hard on all of you. 
Uh, I can hear her return to her old self each week in the podcast, and that's a really, really great thing. Uh, Leanne says, I guess that's it for today. I've composed 10 other emails in my head, but I really felt I needed to get at least one down and send before you come to Atlanta. Uh, Leanne, I'm looking forward to seeing you and the family in Atlanta. Uh, Leanne also says, Miss A- Miss E mentioned barn cats. Contact a rescue in your area. They'll know of someone who wants to rehome barn cats. Uh, many rescues want the animals in their program to go to indoor homes, yeah. but any sane rescue person realizes that some cats are just not suitable for an indoor situation. Just make sure that they're spayed or neutered prior to bringing oh, them yeah, to the 40 yeah. acres, or you will have kitten palooza. I don't want that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Leanne also says, um, the Chick-fil-A dwarf house is awesome, but most are not of the 24-hour variety, so check ahead if you want to visit one. I can't recommend the hot brown enough if you haven't met your fatty food requirement for the week. <laughs> I thought a hot brown was a Louisville thing. I didn't realize that that was for Atlanta, too. That's interesting. I think it's just, yeah. It's just a southern thing. Huh. All right. Well, Leanne, we will see you in Atlanta. And thank you very much for writing in. Also, uh, one more email from Stephen. He says, uh, my hero. That's the title. He's talking about me. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. You know why? No. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, my God. That's right. Uh, Steven says, I'm a D&D fan from way back, and it's so cool to hear that you're getting your kids involved. Have you played Dungeons & Dragons online yet? Uh, we have not. Steven says, if you do, share names in guild info, and we'll for sure have to meet online. Uh, else, uh, stop laughing. Stop is laughing. This, is, this like, is this like world? Now, see, Dungeons & Dragons to me is weird enough because you have little figures and you're writing all it. I don't get it at all. It's but in paper. Yeah. It's better. <laughs> But so the computer game must be like World of Warcraft, though. I mean, you got it must be better because now you got little you can actually see the people and you're actually casting real spells and not throwing tennis balls at people. No, that's LARPing. That's different. <laughs> it's different than pen and paper. Sorry. We don't dress up much. Maybe just a hat or you know gauntlets or something to better roll the dice with. But a, no, you roll the dice. You get your pen and your paper. It's classic. It's classic. Steven, I'm with you, man. Steven says, if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, I'll bring dice, pencil, and beverages of your choice. You shut it, lady. You shut it. Steven says, my wife likes to play as well. Steven, you're really lucky. You're really lucky that your wife likes to play D&D with you. I wonder what that would be like. Since my wife has been in Florida taking care of family, she says we meet. Uh, he says we meet in Dungeons & Dragons online every Saturday for our date night. Don't you dare laugh at that. That's sweet. That is cute. That is nice. <laughs> Steven says you must share the chocolate milk nose story soon, by the way. Where I made hot chocolate come out of uh, an actor's nose. <laughs> That's right. Yes. I remember that story. That's your soon, Steven. But apparently <laughs> apparently, I, I can only let my, my nerd amount so far, and I think I've reached my quotient <laughs> for this week. So that might have to wait until next week. Might have to wait until Missy's not with us. Look at that. I wish you. I wish we were on Facebook Live right now, just so people could see the look on your face. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thank you so much for tuning in to Forty Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. I am Cameronicus, the chaotic good ranger. Is that a real thing? A chaotic good ranger. Yeah, I don't think rangers have to be lawful good. I think they can be chaotic good. That was a paladin and have to be lawful good. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Power Rangers. No, I'm talking about Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> baby. 
See, I know all the Power Rangers because <laughs> the Power Rangers, we, we've gone through Kid well, 2, have, have, the 26-year-old, the middle one, and then the last one. They all had some bit of Power Rangers. I know the Power Rangers. Well, they don't have Power Rangers pen and paper role-playing games. Well. That's just, <laughs> that's just cosplay. I don't know if they would or not. All they right. might somewhere in the world. Maybe somewhere. Not here. All right. We're going to uh, bid you all a fond do. Thank you so much for joining us on the program this week. Can't wait to get the tea. Doing the uh, the beauty school wave. Not the beauty school wave. The beauty pageant wave. Beauty pageant what wave. What will the beauty school wave be? I don't know, but this is more like Queen Elizabeth's wave. Oh, well, there you go. Just turned 91. Wow. Yep. Happy birthday, Queen Happy Elizabeth. Happy birthday, Queen Elizabeth. All right. Well, hell, Britannia. And until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we will see you here soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.